Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Is your car in danger of being stolen? There's a car being stolen in this country every six minutes. I mean, vehicle theft has become such a problem that now we hear it being talked about at the highest levels, even by the prime minister, right? Here in BC, catalytic converter thefts are going up every year. I mean, people are having them stolen from cars that are sitting in their driveways right in front of their homes. We've all seen those videos. And it cost ICBC more than $14 million in 2022 alone. What is going on out there? Like, how did we get to this point? Well, Michael Rota is the president and CEO of the Canadian Finance and Leasing Association. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Are we seeing this right across the country? Absolutely. There is uh, no doubt there's a concentration in Ontario and Quebec due to the size of the population and proximity of the Montreal port. Uh, however, this is, uh, particularly if you hold for population, an issue that's facing all Canadians. And so is it a different reason in different provinces? You mentioned Ontario and Quebec and access to the ports there. So those are obviously being shipped somewhere different than perhaps a car stolen here in B.C.? It, it is uh in terms of uh, where it's being shipped from, but not in terms of you know what is driving the theft. Just across the country, we find that the uh, Canadian environment is, is very much a high-reward, low-risk environment for criminals, and our port authority and uh, jurisdictions complicate things and make it easier for the criminals to get those vehicles out of the country. Okay, so what do you mean by like low-risk, high-reward? So uh, the chances of detection are, are low. We, we are now seeing in some provinces, like in Ontario, $160 million investment in the specialized provincial auto theft team and prosecutors uh, tasked specifically with dealing with this issue. Um, in other provinces, we haven't quite seen that yet. So, you know, it's, it's much more a challenging environment for police, even as we see the numbers rising. And then at the ports, there's a variety of different authorities that, that are responsible, though primarily it lands, uh, the prim- primary respons- responsibility lands with the Canada Border Services Agency. They are under, understaffed, and we have just learned in a recent uh, auditor report, uh, undertrained. And, um, and additionally, they have not prioritized this issue. Okay, so with the port police situation, how much of a difference would that make if there were a change in how we do things at our ports? So of something that we've been advocating for for some time is a very minor change. It doesn't even require legislative change. It's just at best a, a regulatory change, and that is the way that we handle our bill of lading. Currently, when a vehicle is exported, uh, they have up to 72 hours after the container has left the port and is on the high seas and out of our jurisdiction to make a final change. So the criminals, for example, could say when they uh, make the initial declaration that it's um, uh, something like uh, washing machines, and then when it's out on the high seas, oh, sorry, our bad, it's motor vehicles. And then, or if they even say vote motor vehicles, they put a false VIN and then change it to the actual VIN numbers, not the vehicle identification number. What we'd like to see is that the Canadian government align our practices of export with that of the United States, whereby you have to make those, if it's a vehicle, it has to be available, not necessarily inspected, but available for inspection 72 hours prior, and there's no changes. What you put on that bill of lading is the bill of lading at the start. So now there's some consequences if they're caught uh, not declaring what the contents of that vehicle are. So just a small change like that 
could have a massive dish, uh, uh, difference. And then getting CBSA to prioritize this as an issue, understanding, yes, it's important to keep bad things like guns and, and drugs from coming into the country. But if you want to do that, you have to get the criminals where they're getting the funding. And one of the top three sources of revenue for uh, organized crime is auto theft. Okay, so when you hear, you know, the federal government saying, we're going to do this, we're going to tackle this issue, like, what did you think about all that? So the summit uh, last week was a great first start. It was really nice to see colleagues, both from policing, government, and industry together. It was an opportunity for networking and to start to work together to solve this problem. We also had an announcement from the RCMP that they are going to start within a week uh, reporting their stolen vehicle data to, to Interpol. Again, something we've been asking for for a better part of a decade. That's a welcome change. So there's already some positive momentum coming out of this, this summit, but the real, you know, the proof will be in the pudding in terms of do we see some federal leadership and federal coordination on this issue, which was absolutely required, and do we see the changes to the CBSA uh, priorities list and resourcing so that they can they can uh, address this issue at the courts? That remains to be seen. You know, we're hearing the right noises and I and I remain cautiously optimistic. Okay, but Michael, is there anything that we can do as the owners of these cars that these are our vehicles and we certainly don't want to have them stolen? Like what can we do? So absolutely. So um you can do it you can do a number of things. So uh you know, if you have a garage, park the vehicle in the garage. If you don't ensure that it's a well lit area, um if you have a, a fob, so a push start sort of keyless entry, you wanna make sure that well, actually, read your manual. This is something I didn't even know. You can certain makes of models. You can actually turn your key off so it stops transmitting. Um, so read your manual if, if, if that's uh, available to you. If not, you can get these things like a Faraday bag or a little device that slips over the battery that stops it from transmitting when the keys are not being moved around. So little things like that to, to harden your vehicle from being stolen. Um, some people put in trackers. And that can be helpful, uh, though. Uh, more helpful would be sort of a third-party immobilizer. Immobilizers are already mandatory in vehicles, but having a third-party one just makes it that much more difficult to steal. And then, as I said, just be aware, um, we have seen an increase in what I'm calling uh, violent car theft, so carjackings and home invasions. And so, uh, you know, uh, vigilance is the, the, the key of the day. You know, watch out for yourselves, watch out for your neighbors. You know, it's so frustrating, Michael, just hearing this, because as technology has gotten better, we would think that things like car alarms and immobilizers, all of those things that are installed into our cars would help solve this problem. But it just feels like the problem never goes away. So this is why, it's, you know, the, the, the high reward, low risk uh, comment is important. I, I really do believe it's an issue of enforcement. When we look at our top 10 stolen vehicles, they're actually seven to 10 times more likely or less likely rather to be stolen south of the border. Same vehicle, same technology. Um, I can tell you, having spoken to the manufacturers at the summit and, and we do represent their um, the credit facilities for a number of manufacturers as an association, they're on uh, multiples of iterations, sometimes you know generation 10 of the technology, and it, but it's a cat, cat and mouse game. As uh, you know, they change the standards, the criminals, you know, take the vehicles apart when a new vehicle comes, comes out, look at it, find new ways to steal it. And then the manufacturers, when a vehicle is stolen and recovered, they sit down with the police technologists and they sit and they, they look, okay, how did the criminal steal the, steal the car? So there's this constant ebb and flow between, you know, the, the criminals and the manufacturers and police in terms of trying to keep, our, keep us safe and our cars from being stolen. Okay, what vehicles here? Like, what is the most stolen vehicle? So I don't have the list in front of me, but it tends, 
there is a correlation between the top selling vehicles and the top 10 selling vehicles. So Honda and, and Toyota figure prominently on the list for certain models like the Honda CRV, uh, Ford as well for the Ford F-150. But again, they're very popular vehicles. And so there's a reason that they're being targeted. I know. And so it's just the worst feeling in the world to have that happen to you. Michael, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. That's Michael Rota, the president and CEO of the Canadian Finance and Leasing Association. Let's look this up, shall we? So what are the most stolen vehicles in Canada? Yes, the Honda CRV, number one. The Dodge Ram 1500 series pickup truck is number two. And the Ford F-150, Michael mentioned that too, is number three. Uh, Lexus RX series, Toyota Highlander, Honda Civic, Jeep Grand Cherokee, those are all in the top 10. Now in BC, even though the numbers are not as bad as what they're seeing in Ontario and Quebec, in fact, car thefts have gone down here the last couple of years. Police say we do need to be vigilant about this. They are concerned that that's a kind of a trend that is moving our way. And so these are all points that we need to be aware of.